Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Humanly Podcast. Hope you're all keeping well out there as this COVID pandemic continues. Uh, hopefully, we're getting to the end of it. The vaccines are flying around the place, and hopefully, things are getting better. Today, our guest is Colette Ryan from Carebright. Colette, you're very welcome today. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you, Carl, for this opportunity. Great stuff. So listen, Colette, would you mind telling the listeners of the Humanly Podcast just a little bit about Carebright and what Carebright does and a little bit of background? Of course, um, Carebright, I suppose we, we have been in business and we've been established for the past 23 years. Um, we're a social economy business, which means that we are um, operated by um, myself as a general manager. We employ over 200 carers and support staff and management staff, and we are governed by a voluntary board. I suppose we would be one of the largest um, social economy businesses in the Limerick area, which means social economy business is an enterprise run um, on a social basis. And also then whatever reserves we would have would be given back into the community. Our main um, work that we would have done um, down through the years, we would be one of the first uh, providers of home care. Um, We would have started back 15 years ago. We have a contract with the HSC and we provide care, personal care, companionship, um, rehabilitative care, palliative care into people's homes. And we work on behalf of the HSC, looking after home care packages and looking after home helps. And we do that um, for all of the Limerick area, east and west, as far as North Tipperary and also all of North Cork. We also provide chiropathy services for over 2,000 people on behalf of the HSC in Limerick City. And we provide um, diocesan work, advocacy work for three dioceses in Limerick, in Clare, and now in Kildare, where we provide an an advocacy nurse um, who would liaise with all the retired priests. And we do a lot of work with other communities, religious communities as well. Um, and as well as that, I suppose we we then built um, and we built a new Carebright hub and we built that over four years ago. And in on that four acre site, which is here in Brough, which, which is our main headquarters, we also have offices in Limerick City and also in West Limerick. And we built um, we built a village for people who were living with dementia on a four acre site, which is the first purpose built community where everybody's living with dementia in Ireland. Uh, We operate uh, daycare when we could, which obviously, unfortunately, now has not been in operation since last March. And we also operate, um, that's the social daycare, and we also operate a cafe, which is open to the public and which has has had been doing very well as well, which I suppose is a very novel idea where you're operating um, residential services, but it's open to the public. So that's really what we do and what we provide. And can I just clarify there? So there are two very separate pieces. So you have the piece where um, you have the nurses, et cetera, calling out to provide the services, but then you have this very unique hub that you built. And I I was uh, lucky enough when, we were allowed to actually visit to, to, to get a tour of it there last year. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the, about the hub and, and, and why it is unique and why it's so special? 
Yes, I suppose we're in a, a unique, um, we would be one of the businesses who would provide, we, we look after people in their own homes to providing independence for as long as possible. Yet the other side of our business now for the past four years is providing residential services. So it's what is unique about growth and what is unique in what we did is that as a social economy business, we realise that a lot of our clients were going into nursing homes who were living with dementia, who really were going in at a very early stage and really, if they had a different model of type of care for people living with dementia, that really they could remain at home or they, you know, they could look at. So, you know, we looked as, um, as an organization and our, our, our board, we looked at the different types of care, of models of care. And we spent, I suppose, we spent uh, nearly 11 years researching this. Okay. And and looking to see where we could. And unfortunately, in Ireland, there isn't a model that was similar. We looked at the Netwell Centre, which was in, in Loud. And from that, from our context there, we looked at a Scandinavian model, which is De Hodgway. And in De Hodgway, it is in it's in the Netherlands. It is a very, very large village for people or everybody's living with dementia. And when I visited there, the concept was completely unique to us. People were left you know, go into the cafe, they were moving around independently. I didn't know who was actually visiting, working or living there. So we took aspects of that and then culminated in many years of research um, and and, and into what we have today. So so what we have today here, if you imagine it, it's very difficult, you know, when you're, you know, you're talking and you don't see, but what we have is that we have a four acre site and we have three bungalows and we built those bungalows um, as like a normal house. So six okay. people, like your normal household at home, the maximum would be six. So, so we built a bungalow where you have a very, very normal kitchen, an ordinary kitchen, a domestic kitchen. Because in our research, we would have spoken to family members whose you know, families were in nursing homes. And, and really what sat with us was that people had, you, you moved to a nursing home and nursing homes are really, really good and they're really needed in the community. But I suppose you don't see a toaster or a microwave or something as simple and basic to us when you move you know, in, into residential care. So this sitting room and we have a normal sitting room, people can make toast, put on the kettle, you know, mm-hmm as do as much as possible. We, we then have an, an, a, a living room, which has a fire, an electric fire. There's a heart, like in all our, you know, it's really, really important yeah. that you have a fireplace. Um, all normal. And I'm really stressing the normal. Um, we put in everything that was domestic. So everything that you would have at home, we put in there. Uh, again, again, that sounds that it's very, you know, normal, but it's not really. So we had to push the barriers in doing that. In then the bedrooms, everybody then has a very, very large bedroom and then has a bed like you would have a double bed with a headboard at home. In most nursing homes or residential, you have a profile bed. So it's those small subtleties that you could bring as much furniture as you could. And also then, most importantly, everybody has their own private garden. Where when you're coming to visit your family, you have your 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 bedroom and you can walk out then to the garden and you have your own little patch of garden on looking then onto our raised gardens, onto um, where we have our our three pygmy goats, you know, so that you have space. And it was all about light, your circadian rhythm um, and brightness and 
every then every house has their own communal garden with um, kitchen, you know, with your garden yeah. furniture. Again, replicating what you would have at home. So, so um, as you as you say there, Kellett, there's there's a science behind this. You know, the this is designed to kind of help with the issues that these people have, the dementia issue issue. Uh, so you, you put a lot of time and effort and research into doing this. It's not just you didn't just build a couple of houses and throw people in. They're, they're laid out and planned, um, as you said, to help with the rhythm, etc. Like, is is that true to say? Yes, of course. It's not just, I suppose, it's not just that we were looking at, um, oh, we need to build a village and what's that going to look like? We put a lot of time and effort and 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 going to charity shops and and going to different you know, to, to, to different antique shops, looking at what triggers people's memory. And the, the, the you know, on, in, in, in everybody's bedroom, they have carpet. That's not the case. So small things like that, you carpet, you've got tiles on the wall, whereas in other probably residential, you might have, you know, just flotex, you, you, not yeah. flotex on the floor, but you would have surfaces. So it's all about texture. It's about mm-hmm. seeing visually. So we put huge amount of work into for our gardens sensory smell everything like that it's it's so important that we you know it's the research is so important that it's looked at that this really and I I would hope that our policymakers and you know there's no point in having an 18 you know a, a, a community for 18 people in Brough in East Limerick yeah. It really, really, and this would be part of our social economy business that you would really look at and the policymakers will look at this and say, this can be replicated in Limerick City, in Dublin, yeah. all around. You know, so that, you know, dementia is, you know, d- dementia is, it's not that you suffer with dementia. Like we're, we're, we're not, you know, people are going to, you know, the, the quality of the person's life when they come here is that they can do normal things, that they can yeah. still come down to our cafe here, that they can get a cup of coffee, that they can go up to the counter and order a cup of coffee. They can go and they can plant something. They can have, you know, they can walk. I mean, we spend years looking for a site that was adjacent to a village and we got yeah. that so that the people could literally still go down with somebody living. You know, we always have carers here, but that they could go down to the village, to the shop, to the post office, to the pub when it was opened. And, and can they do and that? They have the freedom to do that? Absolutely. With somebody with them. Absolutely. Yes, so it's it's you're breaking away that these barriers that, you yeah. know, you know, if people, absconsion was the word that was being used, you know, oh, this is going to be very difficult. People are going to abscond. That's not the case because people will abscond or try to get out of somewhere if they feel, you know, restrained and if they feel they can't. But because our site is so large and because they can go to the village, they can go to the shop accompanied with a member of our staff. Nobody wears a uniform, you know, so you don't know if you're going to the shop, you know where. And we have people living here from 50 to 90 with all different forms of, of, of dementia, you know, so it's. That's really, really important that once you come into residential that you, you know, you don't, you don't see the outside of, of, of you know, the outside yeah. of normal living. And, and, that's- and you also have the freedom that like their families can come and visit. Absolutely. And it's, Absolutely. Really, it's really like village life. But, but the it's like a village, but you still have, it's, it's exactly like that. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's, it's a village, but yet 
when um, you're here, you have the space. And in normal times, and hopefully, you know, we now have, you know, we were very, very lucky. Um, we were COVID free. Um, our homes helped us greatly in that, in that we had six people, not 50 people. And really, it really helped us. Now it was very, very difficult. Um, you know, they've had, we've had a very difficult year and then people living yeah. here, it's been very difficult, but they, they still saw people because we have, um, we have outdoor fencing and there, if there is light coming through the fencing and it's very difficult over, you know, here to describe, but mm. even in the worst of times in April, May of last year, the families could still physically see the person safely. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we were really, I suppose, built for this pandemic in a way, you know, it, it, it did, it's, of course. But yes, family members, you know, when they come and, and, and when they come again and they will be starting now again, you know, after the 22nd of March, you know, when we had the cafe opened, it wasn't as if they were coming to visit. They could come down, have their lunch, have their breakfast. You know, it was normal that you're going out with your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, and you're coming to the cafe. Yeah. Even that, and that's only a few steps away. If somebody was immobile, they could still do that. Yeah. So suppose it's it's not that you're sitting coming to visit, and, and that's really, really important. I, I know that you know grandchildren have this fear of visiting, you know, yeah. there's all other people there, so that you're they can go out and they can still play. So like the interaction between the generations is so so important for somebody living with dementia. You know, yeah. people's eyes light up when they see, you know, a small child or their grandchildren. So that's still, that's the beauty of, of what we're doing, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the concept is fantastic. And, and like, unlike the listeners, uh, I have been out and I have seen it and it's a fantastic setup. It really, really is. So can you maybe explain um, where the issues are now? So, so okay, you've got all this COVID um, situation going on, which has presented its own problems. But what what, are, what issues do Carebright have to try and keep this great work going and this facility going? I, I suppose what our, our, our main issue is, is our funding. Because yeah. when we were building this, we didn't have any bench other benchmark. And, you know, we were building this and the idea, and as it's a social economy model, there is a need and we saw the need and we built it. Yet we had to register with HICWA as a nursing home. For people to be able to afford okay. through the fair deal. So we would be, if you were looking for a family, you know, if you were looking for um, residential care, we're on the list in, in Limerick and to come here. As a nursing home. I suppose, as a, as a nursing home, even okay. though we're not a nursing home, yeah. we're registered as a nursing home. And HICWA have been really, really good and very much encouraging because this type of model is music to their ears to see that you can do it and, you know, that you can have... You can have freedom, you can have space, people can live. But I suppose where we are is economies of scale. We have only 18 people. Yeah. And because of that, we would be one of the smallest nursing homes in the country and in Limerick. Oh, okay. um, so it is very, we get the same funding as a normal nurse, as another nursing home. So our funding is the problem. Our operating costs are, re, you know, they would be, you know, they would be very, they would be high. Our labor costs are high because it's more labor intensive. So every year, Carebright are running this at a loss now, which is, it's very difficult for us. And we want to continue to, to do this, but it's, it's very difficult where there is no, I suppose there is no specific scheme. We, this is a pilot scheme. And we've always right. looked at this as a pilot scheme and a pilot scheme, we need to be funded. Now we, start back again with the HSE and looking at 
you know, using this as a, as, as a demonstrator, as a pilot, as a demonstrator, so that the, you know, that the government and the HSE can see the uniqueness of this, because obviously we borrowed heavily for here, you know, so our operating costs are because of how small we are. But the beauty of how small we are is really for the future of yeah. residential care. You that's know? the secret to the thing. That's the secret to it. Yeah, and and that's the problem because anything it's, so small. Okay, so the way you have it positioned and the way it kind of zones in on the people and the care and its uniqueness is causing an actual issue because you haven't the scale to. Yes, the scale and also the operating costs, it, yeah. you know, for us is high. So, so that really is is our, you know, we have developed the concept now, and 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 we're we're getting more recognition. People are coming to us, you know. So, so that's all good, and we will continue. You know, we've been through, I suppose it's it's not that the, the funding is going to be detrimental to us. Yes, obviously we need to, to not be operating um, you know, a, a, a very large yeah. loss, but we will find ways as we yeah. found ways to build this as well. You know, we um we can't and, give and up. Has has COVID added extra difficulties? COVID has COVID has, I suppose, yes, I mean, not extra difficulties. I mean, we're only delighted and relieved that everybody is vaccinated and they're, you know, there. Has it, John, I suppose it, it's it's very sad in ways that, you know, everything that we had built this for was openness, freedom. People yeah. could come down and, in the cafe. And I suppose what really struck me was, you know, we, we closed our cafe like every other cafe. And when we reopened in June, like every other cafe from June until, you know, un until, you know, Christmas. We, the people who live here couldn't come down. Yeah. And they couldn't mingle with the public because obviously we were afraid. And so that was, one, and it was so difficult because you can imagine if you're living here and you know the cafe is opened and you're used to coming down, getting your cappuccino, your espresso, having your lunch down here. That was so difficult. So even it was so, to explain that to them. So difficult and so difficult for, for the people, even though, yeah. you know, it was so difficult that each house couldn't mingle with each other. Yeah. And that was like, you know, we have we have three houses and, and they were kept separate. And that was so difficult because always they would be so used to visiting in the evening or playing cards or doing yeah. baking in each other's houses. And that's, you know, it's that kind of that you can go to the La Lavender House or Rosewood House. That was so important, that mingling and that visitation, because... The, the age group that we have love that mingling and visitation. So, so those things were very, very, very difficult, but we managed to still have activities in the house, still have, but they were curtailed to six. But then the small, you know, the uniqueness then of being small kept people alive, in my opinion, you know that, and we didn't, you know, you know, we didn't, if, you know, we, we were, uh, the ventilation, the infection prevention, it's easier to manage. And, and manage I hope, it, yeah. I hope, you know, I know that Leo Varadkar was on the Late Late Show and he did mention that looking at different, um, now is the time in Ireland to mm. look at different types of, of housing for not just people living with dementia, but for people in all, you know, as we yeah. grow older. Well, yeah, let's flip that for a second on the positive side. Can you, is that something you could leverage upon, I wonder, from the fact that how you manage COVID so well because of your setup and because of the numbers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is it. I mean, that is, that is it because you're managing six people. You're not managing 18 people in one large room. 
Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so that was the difference. So if we had one house, we would have eight, had 18 people and that would have been really, really difficult. Yeah. So we looked at our staff and our staff, staff were superb. They worked very long shifts and long hours. So we reduced the footfall. You know, we always had staff that worked only with us. And, and that was our saving grace. They didn't work anywhere else. And that was it. But but that was it. The beauty of being small and and, and having to look after six people was very difficult because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people still had to go into the regional maybe for procedures and then coming out and not knowing in isolation. It was easier to have somebody in isolation. So it was it was difficult, but it it, it worked. And, and I believe we have managed to, to, to be COVID free because of our houses. And it's all about, I mean, this virus ran through nursing homes, you know, and it has been devastating. Mm. And we still had, we still had that fear. That fear was with us every day coming in, you know, of it. And it's, you know, only that when you, you're working in this sector, do you realize that how difficult it has been for everybody to no mm. fault of anybody, you know? So, if we had 18 in one house, we would have really, really struggled to keep COVID out, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. So going forward then, um, like where can people help? I know I know one of the one of the things I was getting at there when I was talking about COVID and the difficulties, I know you guys do, you know, different events and fundraisers yes, and yes. you have all that arm to what you try to do, but that's obviously curtailed as well. But but Say going forward, where can any of the listeners or the communities help CareBright? What kind of things? Is, is it down to money? Like if it is, is, is that what it is? It is. It, at the moment, I suppose it's down to donations. It's down to, to do, you know, either monthly subscriptions or to donate. It really, really is down to that at the moment for us to... Um, for us to secure, to keep going, for us to pay our operating bills every year. It really, really is. Um, you know, our fundraising had just, we had never fundraised in 23 years. And I suppose, you know, that was one of the things that we had to do then. And we had just begun to get a reputation for doing different, you know, different types of fundraising. And, and then we, right. our yeah. fundraising committee is back on again. And we would hope we won, a, we won a lottery and we do. You know, we've got great support from our carers, not just working here, but also working in home care. So, so you know, we, we would do, you know, we had a lot of plans to do a lot of different music events and all of that for last year. Obviously, that's gone now. But we would hope again, coming towards the end of the year, we have a website, we have a donate button. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we're working on all of our um, doing a new leaflet. And, and so people seeing, I suppose, and, and also people seeing when everything opens up, coming mm-hmm. to broth, having a cup of coffee in our yarn cafe, having your lunch and, and seeing, you know, what we're about. It's, it's a tangible. Yeah. So can I, can I ask you, um, CareBright featured on RTE a couple of times over the last couple of years. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we were very lucky um, that RTE approached us and, and saw that it was a unique project. So they, were, they approached us looking um, to assist us in when we were just had moved in here and we were trying to kit out all of the houses, get our gardens ready. And we didn't have anybody living here. So at your service with the Brennan brothers, both John and Francis, and it was so helpful to us. And it gave us such um, assistance and allowed us yeah. 
really, um, you know, we were involved with such great people, local business owners, um, LIT, the students in interior design helped us so greatly in our interior design and, and our decor, um, you know, and, and people were so good to us. And that really, really, not only did it help us financially um, with the, you know, with the, the kit out, but it also brought a lot of community spirit and people then began to realize, oh, yes, this is here. It's in Brough and, and all of that. And in 2019, we were we, again, we were very, very lucky that Nationwide um, did a did a program on us. And, and, and that, I suppose, you could see then the progression. You could see that people were living here. They were, you know, they were healthy. They were fit. They were mobile, that they were able to go down to the village in Broth, go to the, the bar, the shop. So if you could see the progression of, of moving in to where we were at. And, and all of that is really, really important for people to see, because I suppose the people that, that live here um, have very few um, hospital admissions and are on very limited amount or if any psychotropic drugs compared to you know so there so it's 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 keeping people not living long but living their life um i suppose to have a real good quality of life so that was important that people sitting at home in their sitting room could just have a look and say oh god yes that's nice that's normal you're trying to normalize yeah and you know what's very what's very interesting what you said what you said there about it, it, it's like an extension of Brough Village, really, where you are. Yes. It's, not, it's not like this place that's, you know, stuck. It's not a greenfield site. And, and, and that's why it took us so long to find um, to find a site. It's not a greenfield site and that you have to travel four miles. Yeah. If, if you if, if the people who are working here or the, the people who are living here, that they can go into Brough and people can see that, that they can look then and say, oh, yes, look, look, they're the residents who live down here. Yeah. You know, that could be me, my mother, brother, father, sister. You know, it's 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 normal. Yeah. And you're yeah. trying to, you know, it's life. It's normal. Dementia is on the rise um, through all different aspects there. And that you're normalizing. You're not suffering with it. Yeah. You're living with right. dementia. It's so important. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think that's the whole ethos of care by this, this that, that people are living with it. Live life normally. And life that's as it. As normal as possible. As normal, yeah. That's fantastic. Okay, look, that's been this been great chatting to you. Um, so again, just for the listeners, uh, is it carebright.ie? What's the website address? Yeah, www.carebright.ie. Our Instagram is cbcarebright. Our Twitter is at carebright1. Okay. Um, and uh, LinkedIn is carebright. So yes, I mean, there's a donate button, I suppose. All of that donations is where we're at right now for us until we... Yeah secure annual funding, you know, to, to make it viable and, and to make this remain viable for Carebright and for others, both in private business and in government, to look at this model and replicate it, you know, yeah. across the country. That's our real, our vision. Yeah, look, I think it's fantastic and we're delighted to be working with you in Newmanly uh, and hopefully we can work together into the future. So look, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Colette. Thanks a million. Uh, thanks um, so much. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you, folks. Um, that's the end of the Humanly podcast for another session. Today was with Colette Ryan of Carebright. We'll be back to talk to you again shortly. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.